The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. We are going to have a great show today because we have a wonderful young man who is on the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, is a wonderful advocate for people living with epilepsy, and I mean he's the real deal. You know, there are people on boards, they don't do anything except go to the board meeting and put on their resume. That is not Ryan Dillon. And it is an honor for me to have him on the show today. Ryan, welcome to the show. Joyce, it's always a pleasure to be with you. So, Ryan, uh, for those listening across the country that do not know you, how did you first become involved in the world of epilepsy? I I experienced my first seizure when I was six months old. Uh, I was a young baby, but they were not reoccurring seizures. Uh, So it was kind of linked to a fever that I had at the time. Uh, and then when I was 14, uh, I had a, a, a grand mal uh, seizure, and then at the age of 14 was diagnosed, uh, but never really talked about my epilepsy until I was uh, 24 and living in our nation's capital. And it was a, a seizure in July of 2008 that really changed my life. Uh, it was very severe uh, and a scary situation for, for everyone involved, and I kind of reflected on that seizure and realized that I could no longer sit on the sidelines I could either let the epilepsy define me or become actively involved in the foundation. So uh, it was at that point that I got involved with the foundation, and and here we are today. Well, thank goodness here we are today. And, you know, a lot of people do not talk about, you know, just as you just mentioned, uh, many people do not want to talk about epilepsy. I know you do, just as I do all the time. Uh, in your opinion, Ryan, uh, first of all, why are you not ashamed, uh, but why do you think others are? Well, I think uh, it's a sign that our work is not finished. Uh, you know, over the course of the last couple of decades, we've come a long way, uh, but, you know, we can't forget that in some cultures, people living with epilepsy have been stigmatized, shunned, or even imprisoned, uh, and, and sometimes people living with epilepsy have been placed side-by-side side with those who are criminally insane. And, you know, to this day in, in Tanzania, uh, as with other parts of, of Africa, epilepsy is associated with possession by evil spirits or witchcraft or, or poisoning and is believed to be contagious. And so uh, there's always been a negative stigma associated with epilepsy because we're one of the organizations um, that is, is lesser known than other health-oriented organizations. Uh, We've done a lot over the last couple of decades to increase awareness and promote seizure first aid. And so I think part of the issue has been uh, getting our message out to those who are directly involved uh, with epilepsy uh, and seizures. You know, I I often think that the reason there is this stigma 
is actually as due to the seizure itself because it's when people see the seizure that they get all these weird ideas and actually, you know, become afraid. Sure. Although I always tell people it's worse for you than it is for me because you know not all, but many people that have epilepsy, when they have a seizure after a few minutes, then, you know, they come back. Right. Um, but it's when you come back that the people are all freaked out that, you know, makes it even worse. But we have an email question for you from Linda in Tennessee. And the question is, uh, Ryan, first of all, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I think it's wonderful. My question for you is, what advice do you have for a young boy if he is being nonstop bullied at school? Sure. Well, I, I think that um, bullying sometimes goes ignored until there's a crisis. Um, and I think it's an issue that I know you and I both are, are very passionate about and, and advocate for because it's completely unacceptable uh, for a child to live in fear of, going to school or um, hanging out with their friends because of bullying. And I know that a lot of young people living with epilepsy have had their feelings hurt or their classmates treat them differently or sometimes feel left out uh, because I've been there. I, I know what they're going through. But my, my message to them would be you can do anything if you set your mind to it. Uh, we aren't different. Uh, and never let someone tell you that you can't do something. Um, you know, you have a family and, and friends and, and a network of supporters who, uh, who you can talk to and, and tell them how you are feeling and, and never stop believing in yourself. Uh, you know, last, last month I, I spoke about uh, Troy Tomchuk, who has epilepsy and, and lives in Ohio and um, was, was bullied and, and beaten up by someone who um, did it solely on the basis uh, that, that Troy had epilepsy. And so I think there's more that we can do to raise the profile of, of this important issue. I do, too, and I'm with uh, Ryan on that because bullying must stop. But one way to stop it is to believe in yourself and to get friends and to talk about it and tell people. You cannot keep it a secret because I don't care if you tell your mother, father, brother, sister, uh, coach, guidance counselor, pastor, rabbi, you have to tell someone. You know, don't try to endure that on your own. You've got to tell someone. Um, and then we have uh, a Ted from Maine. Ryan, my question relates to medication. Um, do you believe that many people are not correctly medicated because you know there is the feeling of being like a zombie? Of course. Um, I, I would tend to agree with that statement. I think sometimes um, epilepsy is one of those conditions that often goes misdiagnosed uh, because it is such a wide-ranging um, side effect. I mean, you know, oftentimes a, a seizure is associated with the, the kind that I have in the grand mall where you drop and your body shakes uh, and you seize. But uh, we see this a lot in, in young people in schools is they could days off for 30 or 45 seconds in the classroom uh, and then come to, and, and that's considered a seizure. And that's oftentimes um, not known by, by teachers, by school nurses, uh, by peers. And so I, I think oftentimes you can go misdiagnosed, and uh, I, I think part of the issue um, is that there are so few specialists uh, in rural areas around the country 
where you may just see a, a family physician uh, and they uh, diagnose you with epilepsy, but they don't um, take it one step further and figure out what the root uh, cause of your seizures is um, in terms of really getting into the issue and looking at where the seizures begin, uh, which is what you know a neurologist or an epileptologist can do uh, and who are um, more likely to prescribe the right medication if they know where the seizure uh, can begin and where it starts. Yeah, and you know, the, you hear what Brian's saying about the epileptologist. You need a neurologist that specializes in epilepsy. That is absolutely critical because if not, so many mistakes could be made. I'm an example of one of those mistakes because the doctor misdiagnosed that I had epilepsy. So it, that is, I would really urge you to follow Ryan's advice you know, and move forward and do that. Uh, Ryan, I want to go back to what we were talking before. What, what do you think it was that caused you to not be ashamed that you had epilepsy? I think for the longest time I didn't know what to say or talk about. Uh, you know, my closest friends knew about it, and, of course, my family knew about it, but I never really felt like I had to talk about it. Um, and that may have been selfish uh, in, in the sense that, you know, it's always, um, the right thing to do to talk to those who are around you consistently uh, to make them aware of what to do if one is to have a seizure. And so I think it was that, that very severe seizure that kind of made me realize that I need to educate those around me uh, and talk to those uh, who I'm closest to about seizure first aid and, and make sure they would know what to do if I ever had a seizure. And so uh, it was really, it truly was a defining moment in the sense that I, I really had to dig deep and figure out what I wanted to say and, and how I wanted to go about talking about it with not only my friends but my colleagues uh, and now, you know, young people around the country and, and whoever else uh, is willing to listen. Do you think, Ryan, that the support from your family had a lot to do with that? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, they're, um, they have been behind me 110% uh, the, entire, the entire way and, um, you know, growing up, they were always very supportive, and as I chose to speak up and speak out, they continued to be supportive, um, but it really had to be my initiative to take it one step further uh, and step outside my comfort zone and um, and talk about it with friends and, and uh, colleagues on Capitol Hill about epilepsy and seizure first aid. So their, their support was the base uh, in allowing me to step outside that box and uh, take the message further. Ryan, did you feel as if you lost friends at all over this? Uh, if I did, I, I don't know about it. Um, you know, it, it that thought never crossed my mind uh, because I figured if I talked to someone about my epilepsy and my seizures uh, and, you know, they decided to not be my friend based on that, then they were never my friend to begin with. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what I, what I tell a lot of young people, uh, which is what I did, is, Tell your closest friend first uh, and test your message and, and ask them, you know, what questions they have. And, you know, you can, you can, you can talk about it in a positive way. It's not negative. Uh, you just educate them and, and raise awareness. And, you know, when you talk to your best friend and they can tell you uh, their reaction on, on what you're telling them and if you need to adjust it uh, for other people, you can do that. So my advice to young people is to always tell your best friend first and then, and then move on from there. Yeah, and you know, I want to say that 
uh, I want you to remember what Ryan said, which is, when young people say to me, oh, I have epilepsy and I used to be invited to parties and now my friend is not inviting them, I say, well, they were never your friend. Because a true friend stands by you no matter what, they love you no matter what, and that's just the way it is. So take that to, to heart. Right now we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, I'm talking to Ryan Dillon on the National Board of the Epilepsy Foundation and an advocate for young people living with epilepsy. We're going to go to break, and we'll be right back with Ryan. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back. Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're talking to Ryan Dillon, board member of the National Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, Ryan, why I wanted to have you on the show as soon as possible is so you could talk about the RAISE Act, which is raising awareness and insight on seizures and epilepsy. Uh, would you mind sharing with our listeners what the RAISE Act is? Absolutely. Uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, uh, the RAISE Act was a discussion. Um, and then on July, or, uh, pardon me, June 3rd of 2011, um, the RAISE Act, which is also House Resolution 298, became a reality. Uh, and it was introduced by 
uh, my congresswoman, Joanne Emerson from uh, Missouri, and uh, a champion for epilepsy in the House of Representatives. And it basically um, is a resolution that will uh, require the Secretary of Health and Human Services to coordinate with other agencies, uh, whether that be Veterans Affairs, whether that be uh, the uh, Department of Defense, uh, the Attorney General's Office, Homeland Security, um, to really educate uh, and raise awareness with our teachers, our administrators, other school personnel, as well as local law enforcement, first responders, uh, employers, and labor organizations, uh, anyone that uh, receives federal funding from the government that has a direct uh, relationship with epilepsy or seizures, um, the, the resolution will ask that the secretary better coordinate already existing programs, there's no new money involved, um, to better coordinate our message uh, and reaching out to all these important departments uh, across the government to educate those who really have a direct impact on those living with epilepsy. And how is that being received? You know, we were very um, proactive in our message. We, uh, we, we understand the current um, situation uh, with our government and the, the tight budget constraints and so forth. So we were very creative in how we went about this, uh, which is why it's a resolution that requires no new money. Uh, so this will bring appeal to, to both sides of the aisle, uh, Democrats and Republicans, because, you know, epilepsy is the third most common neurological disorder after stroke and Alzheimer's, um, and, you know, nearly 3 million Americans are currently living with, living with epilepsy, uh, and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime, uh, and as you know and I know, um, the Institute of Medicine just released a, a large report on epilepsy uh, with, with a new number that 1 in 26 people will be diagnosed with epilepsy in their life. So this resolution really covers a wide spectrum of constituencies, and, you know, one of the new ones now that we're working very closely with uh, is our veterans because uh, so many of them are suffering from traumatic brain injury and come back. And uh, it's, it's estimated that between 30 and 50% of soldiers returning uh, who are affected by TBI will at some point in their life develop epilepsy. And so this resolution really brings all these agencies together uh, to work together to have one strong message uh, and, and, and streamline, basically, the funding uh, for all these education programs and awareness programs. Well, people listening to the show right now, tell me, what can they do to help? Sure. Well, what we're, what we're working towards is a, a goal of 100 co-sponsors by July 4th uh, of this year. And when we, when we reach that milestone, uh, the resolution will be able to move forward um, to the House floor and uh, for a vote. And so right now we're currently sitting at 58 co-sponsors, um, 34 Democrats and 24 Republicans. We have liberal Democrats. We have conservative Republicans. We have moderates. Uh, so we really have broad support from across the board. Um, and so what folks can do is they can send a letter to their representative asking them to co-sponsor House, House Resolution 298, uh, and they can visit the foundation's website, um, epilepsyfoundation.org, uh, and figure out if their member of Congress is a co-sponsor already. Uh, and there's a, a large page on the Foundation's website um, that, that lists who the co-sponsors are and how folks can get involved. Um, also, what people are doing is they're, you know, they're tweeting uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so we're, we're utilizing social media 
because it's a great way to reach out to so many folks um, in a very, very timely manner. Uh, and so also what we're doing is um, creating short uh, one-minute videos about why you support the Raise Resolution, uh, and those can be posted directly to the Epilepsy Foundation's YouTube channel. So uh, there's a host of ways to get involved, uh, but the main one is to uh, go to the Foundation's website and, and see if their representative is a, a co-sponsor, and if not, uh, urge them to co-sponsor House Resolution 298. Now let me ask you a question, Ryan. How powerful do you think one letter is? Uh, one letter to a congressman. Uh, you know, one letter is one voice, and when we bring together all our voices, uh, we can truly make a difference. But uh, I, I would urge persistence, and, you know, you send a letter to your member of Congress uh, and follow up and, and confirm that they received your letter, or you can call in and ask a member of Congress to uh, support House Resolution 298. And so um, I think a lot of folks would be surprised at how powerful one voice truly can be. Absolutely, because even Tony has told me, the people don't realize that one letter starts to be a signal of a trend, of something happening, you know, Absolutely. for people to take time to speak up. So that is why I would urge you, don't be thinking, oh, it won't matter. It will matter. It will matter. You should take time to contact your congressman and tell them what you think. It will have an impact. Sure. And, Ryan, where would they go to get information about the RAISE Act? Uh, they can go to the foundation's website, it's epilepsyfoundation.org, um, and there's a specific page for the raised resolution, uh, and there's a, a copy of the resolution and some of the letters that have been sent to members of Congress uh, from uh, the sponsor, Congresswoman Emerson, uh, but also Tony Coelho, uh, who's a friend of, of you and I, who is the prime example of the difference one voice can make. Uh, and so there's, there's many ways to get involved. Yeah, uh, Ryan, something that I, I think that people don't realize is when that IOM report came out, 1 in 26, I mean, that is amazing. And I have always said, when they say there's 3 million people living with epilepsy, I say 3 million known. Correct. Because so many people have epilepsy, it's just they're not telling anyone because of fear of discrimination or being treated differently, you know, whatever the reason is. Sure. But I also tell people this can impact you, you know, at any time in your life. As a matter of fact, it really takes off when people become elderly as, as far as seizures are concerned. So I always tell people, don't think this is just about someone else because it very well could be about you, your spouse, your partner, your children, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, no matter who it is. Absolutely. Well, a seizure can happen to anyone at any time, anywhere. And the, the way that I look at this new number, this 1 in 26, is, you know, a lot of classrooms um, at the elementary level or, um, or at the middle school level have, you know, maybe 30 kids in them. So that, you know, according to this new study, at least one of those kids will have epilepsy or seizures. Uh, so I think it's extremely important and timely that this resolution is here uh, in order for us to um, reach out to all those school nurses and those teachers um, to educate them on what to look for and to remind them that a, a seizure isn't necessarily someone dropping to the ground and, and trembling. Uh, a seizure can be a student staring off into space. Um, and oftentimes those students, that happens to, uh, it's undiagnosed and and. Many times the, the teacher scolds them for daydreaming or uh, feeling like they aren't paying attention when in reality they're actually having a seizure. Yeah, and 
just as Ryan is saying, I, I like that point you brought up. You know, when people talk to me about the tonic-clonic, better known to all of you as the grand mal seizure, you say epilepsy, that's what everyone thinks. Correct. But actually, even when I had my accident, I would fall to the ground, but I did not have a convulsion. But guess what? People have obstant seizures, complex partial seizures, simple partial seizures. People have more of that type of seizure than the grand mal seizure. Absolutely. It's just, you know, it's just somehow because that's so visible that, you know, you all think that's what it is. But just as Ryan mentioned, you can be seated somewhere and just for a few seconds look as if you're staring off and you're having an obstant seizure. And, in fact, there have been people in institutions and or nursing homes that they thought had dementia that were having a seizure. So, you know, it really, it really is important to understand this. Yeah, and the other thing I want to mention, when people say to me, oh, I don't have epilepsy, I have a seizure disorder. Folks, that's epilepsy, okay? It's just, you don't like to say that word, but it is the same thing. It's epilepsy. And that is actually what my doctor told me to say. Don't say, don't say you have that. Say that you have a seizure disorder. And then guess what? Tony Quello, I met him and he said, you have a seizure disorder, you have epilepsy. Why aren't you calling it the right thing? And that was the end of that ever since that day. Hey, guess what? I have epilepsy. And I just want to say, just as Ryan mentioned about Tony and how one person can change, well, look what he did. He wrote the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, but he has done so much for people, you know, living with epilepsy. And I am one of them. I know Ryan is also. It is just amazing how many people Tony, who also is living with epilepsy, has had an impact on. I mean, you can just go meet all these people, and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, it was Tony Coelho. Um, so I'm telling you that because always remember you're always a leader. There's always someone watching you or listening to you, and every time you talk about epilepsy, you are putting an idea in someone's mind. Or when you say, parents, when you say to your children, shh, don't tell anyone, what you're really saying is you're inferior, there's something wrong with you, don't say it. But right now we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, we're talking to Ryan Dillon, who is a national board member of the Epilepsy Foundation and just a wonderful advocate for people living with epilepsy. We're going to come right back, and we'll talk more to Ryan about living with epilepsy. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Ryan. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking to Ryan Dillon a real advocate for young people living with epilepsy and really all of us. And, Ryan, something I didn't get to talk about that I did want to talk about that was just so really moving to me is that you were the very first recipient of the Sarah Stubblefield Award. And I just wondered if you could talk about that for a few moments. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Well, it was a very humbling and honoring experience for me uh, to share the stage with Sarah's family uh, back in in early April. And uh, for those listening, uh, Sarah was a strong and fearless advocate for epilepsy education research. Uh, She dedicated her life to truly making a difference for better care and, and treatment for people living with epilepsy. And she had served for nearly 10 years as a staff member as a service coordinator for the Epilepsy Foundation of Southern Illinois. Uh, And it was um, last March, uh, she was in Washington attending the Kids Speak Up Public Policy Institute, which is an annual event, uh, and uh, unexpectedly passed away. And so, uh, you know, Sarah really accepted her condition with grace and and never allowed it to define her existence. Um, And so this award was established in her honor, uh, and uh, like I said, it was truly a humbling and moving experience to share the stage with uh, her sister and her parents and her nephew um, last, uh, I guess, beginning of April. It was really an emotional thing, but it was also wonderful to see Ryan receive this award for his advocacy, and he is the first recipient, so it is really a special thing, but also to see how proud Sarah's family was that this award would be in their daughter's name. And uh, the nephew, the young boy that was the nephew, oh, I mean, that was hard to take as he just loved his aunt so much. 
mm-hmm. and he was all so overwhelmed by all of this. But you know, just as Ryan said, I was at the event where sadly she passed away in her room, uh, and, and I immediately talked to her parents, and this was really a hard thing. So I was really glad that we're keeping her spirit alive, you know, and, and, and we're doing this by honoring other people that, like Sarah, truly are advocates uh, and, and really mean it. And, and I'm sure that, just as you said, Ryan, even being with her family was very moving. It was. And, um, you know, we've kept in close communication since then, and... Um, you know, it was it really brought all of us together to remember Sarah and to continue her legacy, and it was also the opportunity um, for uh, me to to really talk about um, living with epilepsy and and what others can do. Um, and you know, in the audience were the 44 participants for the kids speak up. Uh, they're teenagers in high school, and they have more courage at at that age than I did because they have come to Capitol Hill to lobby their members of Congress um, and tell their story. Um, and at the age of 17, that's something that I would have never imagined myself doing. Uh, and, you know, my message to them was, was simple in the fact that I said, you know, uh, I had recently seen a quote and it said, do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And basically, it, this is their opportunity to speak up and speak out on Capitol Hill and tell their story but also to continue that uh, for the next year as they participate in the uh, year of service in their communities, uh, raising awareness and promoting seizure first aid, uh, and, and really let them know that you know there are others out there like you. Uh, you may sometimes feel like you're the only one in the world that has epilepsy uh, because sometimes it can be challenging. But each of these individuals um, in their own respective ways have overcome the challenges that have been presented to them uh, and had traveled to our nation's capital to, to make a difference. Um, and, um, you know, one thought I left with them was, I said, you know, you don't have to save the world to, to make a difference. Uh, just pay it forward. Pay it forward. Oh, yeah, that is what it is all about, to pay it forward. And, and Ryan, you do pay it forward. But I just want to mention what he was talking about. That Kids Speak Up event, which we have every year, um, around April, is just phenomenal. This is Young People with Epilepsy all across the United States where their affiliate, you know, recommends them and they come to D.C. And you know what, Ryan, what what difference do you think it makes when you're around other people with epilepsy? I think it makes a huge difference. And, you know, after the luncheon, I had the opportunity to sit down with the 44 young kids. Um, and basically I, I told them, you know, ask, ask away, ask ask the tough questions, ask the questions that you're looking for answers to. And, you know, we really had a discussion about living with epilepsy, and and they asked about, you know, going to work with epilepsy and, you know, playing sports with epilepsy. And and it really gave them the opportunity to relate to someone who is their age um, because there were 43 other kids in the room. And um, it it put a realistic uh, impression on them that, you know, I think that they realize they could truly make a difference, um, and they're taking the step of not letting epilepsy define them, uh, but rather making a difference because they have epilepsy. And so uh, it really put um, an emotional touch in the sense that they felt like they could truly make a difference. And so I think that inspired them um, to go back to their communities uh, across the country and 
do what they could over the next year to, to raise awareness. And, you know, it's going to be those voices that um, will combine with voices of previous years and future years um, and will one day, and I'm, I'm confident this will happen, one day we'll all be able to say we made a difference in finding a cure for epilepsy. Right. And, Ryan, what happens when a young person with epilepsy goes to the Hill, which you're very familiar with because of your legislative background, what happens when a young person with epilepsy stands before the congressman, the senator, whomever it is, and talks about their personal story? Right. Well, you know, I've been in various meetings, and and everyone is different, but um, there is one commonality in, in that the members of Congress and their staff see a a 10-year-old, an 18-year-old, um, putting a real face to an issue um, that stands before Congress, and that is epilepsy. And, you know, these, these stories are real, and these kids come to Capitol Hill, and they talk about their experiences, they talk about their struggles and their challenges, um, but we also encourage them to talk about their successes. And, you know, these kids put a, a real face to this message, and it can be very powerful, and I have seen members of Congress who tear up when kids talk about their stories because, um, you know, I consider myself very fortunate and lucky in that my epilepsy is controlled by medication um, for the most part. But some of these kids who come up here may have 20 or 30 seizures a day, but they have mustered the courage and dug deep because it's important to them to come to Capitol Hill and to talk about, you know, this year we talked about House Resolution 298, and we talk about uh, federal funding for epilepsy programs through um, the National Institute of Health or the CDC. And so uh, members of Congress and staff really admire and respect uh, these young people for having the courage to come up to Capitol Hill, which can be very overwhelming uh, and intimidating, um, to tell their stories. Right. Imagine if we told you right now, you being my listeners, oh, tomorrow you have to go talk to your senator in Washington, D.C., Oh, my goodness, how many of us would say, what? Oh, you got to be kidding. I'd be too nervous. And just as Ryan said, here are these young people, 10 years old, whatever age they are, going in and talking about their epilepsy to these people. That is just so courageous to me and really overwhelming when you think about it. Don't you agree with that, Ryan? Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I would have never um, imagined myself at the age of 17 or 18 um, coming to Capitol Hill and talking about epilepsy. Uh, I, I, you know, it took me until the age of 24. So I, um, I admire and respect all the young people who are speaking up at an earlier age that I did. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think it's a lot of work that you and I do is we, we travel around the country and we talk to these young kids and we let them know that you know, you're not alone and, and there are other folks out there who share the same struggles you do. You know, every, every case of epilepsy is different. Um, but we all have commonalities, and we all have that bond. But it's important that we talk about that bond, which um, is very strong and allows us to relate to them that, you know, you can make a difference. And, you know, it's it's not easy talking about it at first, but eventually it just becomes second nature. And um, I think once people start talking about it, they realize the positive ramifications that their voice has. And uh, I think that is exemplified by... Um, these young kids come into Capitol Hill and talking. Well, it is very obvious with your passion and your commitment 
that you obviously have had a role model in your life. So, Ryan, who would that be? <laughs> this question gets me every single time when you know it does. Um, <laughs> I think it's important. Um, there have been a lot of influences in my life, um, and, um, you know, I, I try to take something from everyone because everyone is different, and I think everyone has a story, and there's something that we can learn from everyone. Um, but the role models that stand out to me, and I often talk about them, and, um, and those are my grandparents. Um, Tony and, and Jan Beesman, who, you know, uh, over the course of the last year and a half have unfortunately passed away. But I think the the one thing that they taught me was to always remain tough and confident and passionate uh, and determined, and uh, that if I set my mind to it, I can I can persevere. And um, you know, they were a, a huge impact in my life, um, and. That is why my family has chosen to continue their legacy uh, by establishing the Tony and Jan Beesman Memorial Scholarship, um, and it's for students who live with epilepsy who are pursuing a higher education. Uh, my grandmother was a uh, elementary school teacher, and then uh, was the proud mother of four and the proud grandma of nine. And my grandfather was in the army and uh, was a lieutenant in the Missouri Highway Patrol. And so each of them gave back to their community um, through service. And so what the scholarship does is it encourages students living with epilepsy to um, pursue higher education, whether that be a community college or a technical school or a university, um, but who really have the passion to make a difference. And so this year is the first year that we are awarding uh, four scholarships. And, you know, we've got four young people from across the country uh, who will be receiving this scholarship. And so... You know, over the next couple of weeks, um, those names will become public, and and hopefully uh, this scholarship will encourage them to continue to stay active because they are active um, in their youth councils and affiliates. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, I, I think my grandparents had a huge impact on my life. But what I really try to do is um, take the best out of everyone and, and combine that and, and go from there. Well, I, I know you did, but guess what? You're right. I knew the answer. <laughs> I knew the answer. But you know what, Ryan? That's what makes me love you. Yes. That's what, makes, that's what says a lot about you. We're going to go to break. And then we'll be back to close the show with this wonderful young man, Ryan Dillon. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back with Ryan. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. 
Thank you. Come back to your senses. Imagine a radio show that will help you recover your common sense. Host Leah Brenda Smith is a health and wellness specialist who will explain techniques designed to help you recover from the stress of your life. It's all about how you respond to your thoughts. A little bit of self-awareness can go a long way in helping you to relax and enjoy your life. Tune in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio, live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, and I've got to tell you a little story. Uh, and it really had an impact on me. So I think Ryan was trying to pay me back. Okay, you did that to me. Now I'll do this to you. But, you know, I knew when I asked Ryan this, I knew the answer, and I know knew he'd get a little bit emotional because i got to tell you, he's come a long way because he, he used to not be able to talk about this with his grandmother. But he just told me something that really, really got to me. So, Ryan, do you mind sharing that story? Absolutely. Uh, we were talking about uh, the, the memories I have of my my grandparents, and I was on this show probably two and a half years ago, two years ago, when I first joined the National Board, and we talked about ways to get young people involved. And um, my grandmother was actually a, a caller on the show, and so that's uh, one of the memories I have of, of her voice is her calling into your show. And so I have it saved on my iPod, and... Every once in a while, I'll go back and listen to it, uh, but it's a, a fond memory that I have, and uh, thanks to this show that I have that recording. Oh, that is just such, that that just means so much to me. And, and I, I remember her calling. You know why? She was definitely your biggest fan. She, no what? doubt about it. Well, as I told Ryan, you know, it's little things like this that tell me a lot about people. Say, so now you know why I think so highly of him. So, Ryan, look at you. You've already accomplished so much. You're so young. You got this award. Um, you know, you've worked on the Hill. Now you're, like, on the national board and a leader for us with young people with disabilities. I mean, you know, and all these other things you've done. But what would you, what would you say? What is your proudest accomplishment? Um, I, I think the... the the greatest accomplishment is a, it's a combined effort, um, and it's the, the difference that um, I am able to make in the life of someone who is young and living with epilepsy. And I think you know this like I do. Um, it, it, it's a volunteer position, but the, re- the rewards are immeasurable uh, in the sense that when a young person comes up to you and says, thank you for what you do, you're my hero, um, it really is makes you stop and think about the work that you're doing. Uh, and so I think the greatest accomplishment would be joining the national board. Um, and, you know, the, the board covers a whole array of, of areas and issues, and you can spread yourself thin and be involved in everything. Um, but I've chosen to really focus on working with young people. Um, and so I think the greatest accomplishment would be using um, that position to reach out and work with young people living with epilepsy. Well, and we surely are thankful you do that. I just want to mention, I was telling my staff today about 
uh, we do little lunch and learns, and today it was about leadership. And I was telling them that you have no idea how many people you impact in your life. And as a matter of fact, they did a study, and they believe that over your lifetime, through people that know you, have met you, know people that know you, hear about you, whatever it is, that you have an influence on over 10,000 people. And the whole moral to this story is, you don't real. I know I am always astonished when someone sends me an email or gets in touch with me or sends me a note saying, you probably don't remember me, but... And then they tell you this story about how, just as Ryan said, how he gave hope to them, how, how much it helped them. And you have to always remember, there is always someone watching. There is always someone listening. And you, your actions, your voice, you have more power than you could possibly envision. And that's why I hope if you have a young person living with epilepsy, that you're standing by their side, not trying to hide their, their disability, because when you do that, you're really hurting them. Don't you agree with that, Ryan? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, like you said, it's um, the messages that you get from those that are unexpected um, that really have the biggest impact on you because you don't realize that you have uh, influenced their life in some way um, or somehow. And so uh, it's those messages that are really strong that... Really, for me, it's an adrenaline. Uh, for me, getting those messages because it just makes me work twice as harder. Yeah, right. And and I, I just want to encourage you also. You know, I'm telling you, I'll go into a restaurant or I'll go somewhere in some way or another. Maybe I'm wearing my epilepsy uh, shirt, or or maybe it's a Bender shirt, but it says something about epilepsy. Um, or the epilepsy walk, someone always, oh, I have epilepsy, or oh, I know someone with that, or my brother or sister have epilepsy, and it's as if they're so relieved that they can talk to someone about this. And that's why you need to make it known, not be ashamed. You know, think how many people Ryan is influencing right now by being on the show. You know, that's why when you say how many people you influence in your lifetime, this show alone, he's, he's influencing thousands and thousands of people. So always remember, you do make a difference. Everyone makes a difference. So, Ryan, if you wanted to leave uh, a message with our listeners today, what would it be? Well, I think in terms of, of epilepsy and, and living with epilepsy, uh, the message would be our condition does not define who we are. Um, you know, always know that you're not alone. As we are a family. The epilepsy community is a family, and each of us can and will make a difference. Uh, never stop believing in our efforts to find the cure, and never stop believing in yourself. Um, and I have chosen to do this, and I know you have chosen to do this, and I would encourage those living with epilepsy to do this, and that is turn our struggle into a gift um, and, and do something about um, the gift that was given to us. And so, you know, epilepsy advocacy is our passion. And if we continue to speak up and speak out and talk about epilepsy uh, in a positive nature, um, you know, it doesn't all have to be a negative connotation. 
because I think part of our job is to erase that negative stigma. And so if we talk about the truth of epilepsy, it's not contagious. Um, you know, it's, it's a condition um, that can develop at any time in your life. I mean, even though it's more prevalent in young people um, and the older generation, um, like I said before, a seizure can happen to anyone, at any time, anywhere. And so if we turn that message um, into a movement, I truly think that we can and will make a difference. And like I said, at the end of the day, when we cross that finish line and we find a cure, um, we can all um, stand on the stage together and know that we work as a team. Um, but and to those who are listening who don't have epilepsy, I'm confident that they know someone who has epilepsy, whether that be a friend or a family member. I would encourage them to be supportive um, and really stand with your friend or family member as they uh, go forth on this movement and uh, become a part of it because it is fun. Uh, it's fun talking about it, and it's fun going out and raising awareness. Um, it is what you make of it, and I, I have chosen to speak up and speak out in a positive way, and I think that uh, we can do that. It's just sometimes we don't know what to say or, or how to say it. And so um, I would just encourage everyone to keep their heads up and keep involved, and um, I, I'm confident that uh, we can make a difference, and uh, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll all be standing together. That's right, and Ryan, you are so awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. I just want to say one thing, epilepsyfoundation.org, epilepsyfoundation.org. You can always find Ryan Dillon if you need to get in touch with him, epilepsyfoundation.org or vendorconsult.com or voiceamerica.com. But epilepsyfoundation.org, you're sure if you get in touch with the office to be able to track down Ryan because I know he'd be happy to talk to well, any young person. Absolutely, right? and, you know, and, absolutely. and I, I'm never afraid to do this because, uh, it's, like I said, it's one of my passions, is, and I'm not afraid to give out my email address. So um, you know, if there's a young person listening that has a question or wants to share their story or, um, or someone else living with epilepsy, uh, it's just DylanRA at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I um, am always happy to hear from people around the country. And, um, you know, it's, it's part of my passion and it's uh, what motivates me to do more. So uh, I encourage folks to reach out that way as well. Okay. Well, you know, we end the, the show, every show, with a quote from someone that's had an impact a civil rights impact, a business impact, an employment impact, but an impact on the quality of life of us, of Americans, and in this case, it's going to be of people living with epilepsy. And it really fits in exactly to what Ryan just said, and that is, as Tony Coelho says, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.